Hello, welcome to Task and Purpose for a Squad. I'm Chris Cappy, former average infantryman for the US Army. Today we're talking about the next generation squad weapon, the NGSW 6.8 millimeter bid attempt to replace the M4 rifle. And this is a topic that has captured soldiers' imagination. It's probably the most popular subject that I get to talk about. Having the opportunity to discuss this is really exciting for me because I know how much this means to your everyday soldier. There's something very personal about the weapon system a grunt goes out with. That's why when you see in the movies, the drill sergeants ask soldiers to name their weapon and you find some kind of personal connection to it because it's kind of an extension of the soldier. You see the world through the lens of that weapon system and its capabilities. The capabilities of your gun are your capabilities, so you want the best weapon system possible. That's part of the reason why the NGSW 6.8 millimeter is such a popular topic, because it resonates with your everyday rank and file soldier. It also resonates with special forces soldiers. So I think everyone is waiting for some kind of revolution to happen in firearms manufacturing that's just never gonna come. It's not gonna happen. We've kind of reached the pinnacle of what we can do with firearms. There's not gonna be another massive change like from the bolt action to semi-automatic or from semi-automatic to automatic machine guns. We're not gonna see that jump in performance again. Where we're gonna see that jump in performance is in the optics. And I'm gonna build that case and I'll explain what I mean throughout the video. The second major change that I think that we can see is with the ammunition. When we have plastic polymer cased ammo, it's going to allow soldiers to carry more ammo. Your standard rifleman can carry about 210 rounds of 5.56 ammo. You could increase that to 300 rounds with the polymer cased ammo. So yes, I do think that the world is ready for plastic ammo. I think now is the time. For instance, 60 years ago, you told people you were gonna have magazines, detachable box magazines made out of plastic, they'd laugh at you. From gunsandammo.com, they wrote a great explanation of this, where they say a polymer case is an insulator rather than a conductor. When the cartridge fires, the case contains the heat and pressure and directs it all down the barrel instead of superheating brass that then heats the chamber around it. The only heat the entire barrel sees is what's found in the bore. So what they're saying is that the polymer ammo actually helps reduce the heat inside the chamber and the barrel. Basically, as the US military adjusts to fight near peers, they're playing the world's biggest game of rock, paper, scissors. They're betting that what they throw down is gonna beat the enemy. Everyone wants to talk about, is this weapon system going to be able to replace the M4? And the US Army here has to be convinced. You have three different companies that are vying for this multi-million dollar contract. So there's a lot at stake here, including soldiers' lives and all this money, this procurement money, all this technology that promises to change the way NATO operates potentially, it might change the round that all of our allies use. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot at stake and a lot of really smart people are putting in effort to design the future of weapons. So in this video, I wanna talk a little bit about why I think this is the catalyst moment. This is the time that the army is actually going to replace the 5.56 millimeter. I'll talk about the two main reasons why I think that's the case and why now is different where in the past, every other attempt has failed. I think there's a couple of things historically that are different now than 
in the 80s, for instance, than during the last attempt to replace the weapon. I also want to get into the three different bids. You got Sig Sauer, you got General Dynamics, and you got Textron. So I want to talk about those different weapons, what their different capabilities are. So basically, when you look at what's different now, what's different in 2020 than was different in the 1980s, you got, I think, two major paradigm shifts for the infantry since then, and those are body armor and optics. Those are the two technologies that have really taken off and changed your average infantryman's capabilities tenfold. Because you've got with body armor, there is now a relatively cheap, lightweight solution for stopping incoming 5.56 rounds. That body armor can even stop 7.62 rounds, dependably. This is what's changed the game. The cat's out of the bag, so to speak. So you got the US Army first started really giving every soldier body armor in about the early 2000s, right before Iraq and Afghanistan. They saw how effective body armor was, and the army realizes that the next conflict that they get in, they're gonna be facing off against these new technologies that they developed. They're gonna be facing off against body armor. The 5.56 round, I think, meets its limitations at body armor. You don't necessarily need to be able to penetrate the body armor, but you need a round that has enough power that can cause enough back deformation on a plate, a ballistic plate, so that it takes the enemy soldier out of the fight. That's number one reason why I think the army wants to switch to a 6.8 millimeter, because of the limitations of the power of the 5.56 versus enemy body armor that they will now be facing, whereas in the past, they didn't have to worry about that so much. The second major reason is optics which again, if you look before the year 2000, nobody was issued optics. No regular infantry grunt was going out there with a scope on his rifle meant for different capabilities. It just didn't happen. It was too expensive. You couldn't reliably manufacture optics to go on top of the rifle to keep it zero after firing 10,000 shots. There just wasn't the technology. There wasn't the infrastructure. When you look back, the history of optics, and I'll bring up a quick article here because I've been kind of fascinated by this topic, like what has changed recently to justify this. And it's kind of a twofold thing. So the 5.56 can really only be accurate out to like 500 meters. If you want to go any further than that, you're going to need a different round type. And I think, why would you want to go further than, than 500 meters? You can't see with your eye a point target out past 300 meters. So the army didn't really have a reason to upgrade the ammo type because there wasn't, your regular soldier wasn't going to be, going to have an optic that could hit out past 500 meters. I hope I'm explaining this correctly, but let me get this idea out, which is that now with the new next generation fire control system, the new optics that are coming out, they're gonna have the capabilities to hit targets past 600, 700, 800 meters easy with just a touch of a button. So what this means is the army needs a higher powered round because you can't take advantage of those capabilities of this optic unless you have a 6.8 millimeter round. Those I think are the two reasons. But here, to, so to go back in time basically, in the early years, 1600s is when lenses and telescopes were invented. Pretty soon after that, in the 18, towards the middle of the 1800s, right before the American Civil War, that's when they were able to 
reliably manufacture sights that could keep their zero after shooting a couple times with a musket or a rifle, early rifles. So, but the problem was those, those were massive, op, they were massive scopes and they could only really be used by special soldiers because it took so much skill level to, to operate those. So snipers have historically been a very highly skilled job. But now with these new ballistic computers all rolled into one unit, a fire control system, you don't really need three months of training. All you need to know is how to press a button. If you can operate an iPad or an iPhone, then you can operate shooting out past 700 meters now. It's taking a lot of human error out of the equation. If we're hypothetically approaching the point where soldiers are gonna easily be able to hit out past 700 meters, then you need a round type that can take advantage of those capabilities is what I'm saying. So even up until Vietnam War, there weren't that many optic optics out there. Today, thanks to mass manufacturing and advancements in optical technology with lasers, it's just gotten so much cheaper to produce high quality targeting systems. It's now reasonable to consider a reality where tons of infantrymen are gonna have these high powered, high tech scopes for a reasonable price. So if that's what I'm thinking, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of the US Army and the officers who are trying to make these decisions and they're looking out 20, 30 years from now, so what I think is gonna happen is average engagements is gonna go further and further out. That's why the second major reason, biggest big catalyst as to why I think the NGSW is going to happen is because things have changed so much. So it's, it's actually time for a new platform. So there's some news recently. What's going on is that this bid is in the competition phase. These three companies are competing with each other to convince the army that they have the best approach. I wish that you could take one rifle from one bid and an ammo from a different bid and kind of put your mix and match your favorite pieces, but that's not what's happening here. The Sig Sauer rifle is the most similar to the M4. It's got, the ergonomics are, it's very traditional and similar to the M4. The ammo type itself is also easy, I think, for am ammo manufacturers to switch their, pro their process to match the Sig ammo because you got the steel brass hybrid, which still has a reduction in weight. It's the heaviest of the three bids, but it's still lighter weight than your traditional 6.8 millimeter would be. And I think a lot of people get confused about this because when they see that Textron, for instance, says that their ammo is 40% lighter than traditional ammo, they think, oh, it's 40% lighter than what the 5.56 is. No, it's 40% lighter than what a traditional 6.8 millimeter round would weigh, but it's still a reduction in weight. There's also a 12% volume reduction, which for Textron, the army is gonna be considering that. It's gonna be much cheaper for them to ship billions of Textron ammo around the world because it's lighter weight, it's easier to pack into, into crates because it takes up less space. And it's fully plastic, which if you look at the inner workings of the Textron case telescoped ammo, it's very interesting. It's, they place the bullet surrounded by gunpowder inside of a plastic case and that's how it gets fired out which is very different than your traditional 
brass ammo types. It's the most revolutionary of the ammo types, I think. Next to True Velocity, which is the General Dynamics ammo, that is a 30% lighter than brass ammo. It's got increased accuracy, reduced heat transfer, which is one of the biggest concerns when it comes down to, is this ammo going to overheat the chamber? Now, remember, these weapons have high chamber pressures going on inside them. So a mix, the polymer ammo historically hasn't been able to take the heat out of the chamber fast enough. That's one of the advantages of brass ammo is it takes the heat out with it. But if you're leaving that heat in the chamber with the high pressures, some explosions could happen inside the weapon. It could overheat easily. And they're running these things through torture tests. They're putting it through the hoops. They're trying to see, can we break these weapons? Can we break this ammo? Because in the past, these plastic ammo types have given soldiers problems. You see issues where the uh, someone could just squeeze an ammo squeeze one of the, the plastic case telescoped ammo and it'll just fall apart. But now, like I said, manufacturing processes have developed a ton in the last 20 years. It's no longer how it was 20 years ago. These science types have cooked up more reliable plastic ammo. And I do think that the future of ammo is going to be in these polymer cased, plastic cased telescoped ammunition. It's just a question of is it quite there yet? Let me ask you, do you think that the army is risk adverse or do you think that they're down to gamble on the first weapon, major weapon change that they've done in 60 years? No, they're not trying to leave anything up for chance. It's a kind of cover your ass situation where you don't want to be the guy that says, uh, yeah, I approve the case telescope ammo, sir. That sounds like a good idea. And then you turn around and after a million rounds have been fired through a million different rifles, it turns out in 2% of the time there's a problem, then guess what? That general is not getting promoted. General Dynamics has a bullpup, which the army's never used a bullpup before. Most militaries across the world don't use bullpups and are actively switching away from them if they do. Nicholas Drummond is an ex-British army officer and he's a defense industry analyst that I follow on Twitter. He's got some great updates on the NGSW. For instance, here he's talking about how the 6.8mm caliber is fired at about 3,000 feet per second and it requires a chamber pressure of 80,000 psi in order to achieve that velocity. And he says here, this is likely to reduce barrel life and accelerate wear and tear on the bolt and carrier. Recoil plus weapon and ammunition weight will also be issues. So what he's saying here is this could reduce the life of the weapon. That's something that the US Army is gonna take into consideration because they don't want these guns dying in 10,000 rounds. So here's a little thing from Six Hours News press release that I wanna tell you about. They say they just delivered their NGSW systems to the US Army with ammo. And this is now after the first soldier touch point, which means they've already incorporated feedback. So this is huge. The Pentagon is smart enough to actually involve soldiers in the testing phase now. So you got guys from 10th Mountain, you got guys from the Ranger divisions, and they're testing hands-on with these guns, and then they're giving their feedback. They're the people that are actually gonna be using this gun. So that's who we need to hear from. So here's what they say. Each component of the Sig Sauer NGSW system offers significant advancements in battlefield weapons performance. 
beginning with our ammo type, a lightweight cartridge designed to handle higher pressures, resulting in increased velocity and terminal performance. The belt-fed version doubles the effective range and is 40% lighter than the current M249, while maintaining the preferred belt-fed operation with reduced felt recoil to accuracy. A lot of people are saying that the reduced recoil on this M249 replacement is thanks to a reciprocating barrel system that the Sig Sauer and most of the other and the other bids have as well for their ARs. The reciprocating barrel reduces the recoil. The whole weapon is lighter and that is huge because the M249 is way too heavy. But what a lot of people are saying is this reduced felt recoil for the AR for the M249 replacement isn't in the rifle version. So your M4 replacement doesn't have the same reduced recoil. A lot of people are questioning, is the NGSW, is the 6.8 millimeter going to have too much recoil? It's a really good question. And when you look at the photos of the unedited, or you look at the video of the unedited videos that aren't in slow motion, because I think what they're doing is they're putting all the footage, promo footage in slow motion. So it looks like there's barely any recoil, but really, the 6.8 is gonna have more recoil than the 5.56, it's going to, which makes it harder to do follow-up shots. And then it says, the final component of the system is the Sig Sauer Next Generation Suppressor for reduced sound signature. Each of these bids have created their own proprietary suppressor to go along with the weapon. This is another thing that I think, you wouldn't believe this. 20 years ago, if I told you every infantryman was gonna have a suppressor on their weapon, you would think I was crazy. That's for special forces only. But what we're seeing is slowly but surely, your average grunt is becoming more like a special forces soldier. The training that they need is more. The equipment that they have is a ton more. They now have night vision. That was unbelievable 20 years ago. To have every soldier have night vision, that's what we're gonna see here. We're gonna see the regular infantry all have suppressors because it's going to reduce that recoil. They're special things called smuzzles, which reduce sound, light, and felt recoil. Which real quick, if you let me go on a short tangent here, it's relevant because that's what the US Army has been betting for the last 20 years and is going to, it looks like, bet for the next 20 years. They're betting that if you invest more money and technology into fewer soldiers, that is going to be a more of a return on investment than if you made the army twice the size that it is. Twerks.com wrote a great article about this and I think they put it really succinctly. The idea behind this 6.8 millimeter caliber is to step up the effective range and energy currently delivered by the army's current 5.56 millimeter loads past 300 meters and replace the M4 and M249 squad automatic weapon in frontline units with the new platform family. Likewise, the program would select a fire control system or the catchy NGSWFC in army speak that would be used on both the rifle and automatic rifle variant. I love this new word, fire control system. We went from calling them scopes to optics to now it's a fire control system and it's the best way to describe it because it uses the temperature gauge, it uses a laser, laser range finder, it uses elevation sensors, and all of this data gets collected by the fire control system, the optic, and then it calculates where the reticle should be placed. It also has the ability, with a turn of a knob, you can go from one time magnification to eight times magnification, effectively making a regular infantryman 
your squad designated marksmen, or able to kick down doors. That's what the army has been slowly progressing towards. They want to create soldiers who can fit into any situation. Instead of specializing every soldier, no, we're gonna have infantrymen who can do any job, kick in a door or be a sniper at the same time. I know a lot of people are thinking, what would happen if the enemy hacks my optic and suddenly they start uploading nasty memes right into my field of view? It's a great question, but the army has said that they're developing encryption capabilities so that you can't hack into these optics. The other side of the question is what happens if they run out of batteries? Well, they're still useful. It still has more capabilities than what we currently have, even if it were to go down because of the etched reticle. So it can still be used without battery. Now people seem to favor the Vortex optic over the L3 Harris one. I think that's only because L3 Harris hasn't put out as much information on it. They recently won another bid to create a marine optic so to replace the ACOG. So Leopold might have a slight advantage. Here's what Vortex has to say about their active reticle fire control system. This is from guns.com. Built around a revolutionary technology based on many years of internal research and development, along with multiple cooperative development efforts with the Army's PM Soldier Weapons Group. The active reticle has reportedly been proven to increase hit percentages and decrease time to engage during soldier touchpoints in the past two years. In the case of the battery power loss, users still have an uncompromised 1 to 8 direct view optic glass etched reticle, which alone exceeds current optics. Here's a quick piece from a warhistoryonline.com article where it says, for the most advanced users and those in the military, the next advances in US rifle optics are already becoming visible. In 2007, the Barrett Firearms Company introduced a system known as BORS. This system is essentially an automatic electronic module for automatically calculating bullet drop and adjusting a scope's reticle automatically. It is designed to work out to 2,500 meters in combination with certain scopes made by Leopold and Night Force. And this range is indicative of the extreme distances across which modern snipers are expected to hit targets. So to sum it up, I think the NGSW program is at a point where it makes sense to switch because of the reasons I was talking about, where you got body armor that needs to be defeated, you got optics that need to be taken advantage of, optics with new capabilities that only a new round could take advantage of. These two things are gonna combine to make the army think, hey, maybe it's time that it's actually worth investing changing the M4, because the M4 can't take advantage of those capabilities. It can't defeat that body armor. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens it's great to hear that the Pentagon is taking soldiers' feedback into the consideration here, whereas in the past they didn't. I look forward to seeing what happens and bringing you more updates as they do.